0: You're listening to rewire with Susan the podcast for you to learn in 12 minutes or less software development topics in the most simple way and acquire some guidance for your career in tech strap up and let's go here's your host Susan. Hello there, welcome to Revoir with Susan. I'm your host, Susan, as you know. Hope you guys are doing okay. Hope you're staying safe and having the best time. So before I go into this episode, I want to share a dad joke that I heard recently. So please just try to attempt to laugh. I can feel it as, I, as I'm recording if you laughed or not. So just try, okay? So here it is. Um, What kind of plants go into the bathroom? we're talking about the topic, do I really need to test my code? So basically, uh, we're talking about testing, and for many people, this is fun, while for some, it isn't, for obvious reasons. Testing is an important phase in the software development lifecycle. A system is tested for performance, scalability, functionality, usability, and pretty much all the it is. right? When we test, we're checking for correctness and to find out defects or bugs, if any. So let's talk about what a bug is, even though I want to believe that (laughs) no one listening right now thinks that a bug is an insect, but I'll just clarify to be double sure. Now a software bug is simply an error or fault that causes code or program written to produce an incorrect or invalid or undesired output, right? And this may sound quite trivial, but it's actually a big deal. When proper testing isn't done, it could lead to loss of lives and property. Some disasters have actually happened in the past because there were bugs in the system and we're going to talk about some of them in a bit. Before going, you might have heard this before, but a really fun episode is coming up to round off this season in a few weeks. I'll be chatting about weird developer stories. So if you have any crazy experiences past or present that you'd like to share, it could be that time where you dropped the production database or wrote a piece of software that charged customers 100 times the amount it was supposed to. It's okay. This is a safe space. No judgment here. we will just like to chat about this, learn from one another and laugh at you while keeping you anonymous if you so prefer. So visit the link in the show notes to send your story in or send them as a DM on Instagram. Looking forward to it and looking forward to that. Episode. So, yes, I was going to talk about unsettling issues in the past as a result of software bugs. Now, in 1985, Thorac 25 Radiation, a machine built to deliver radiation therapy to cancer patients, malfunctioned as a result of race conditions in the code base and lack of safety features, killing three people and injuring three more. By the way, for those who don't know, race conditions simply happens when your code tries to perform two or more processes at the same time, but due to the unpredictable order that this process might occur, it could lead to unexpected or undesired behavior. Another situation happened in April. 1999, where a software bug caused the failure of a 1.2 billion military satellite launch, and this was the costliest accident in history. And the third scenario happened in May 1996, where actually not a scenario but an actual situation where 820 customers of a major US bank were credited with 920 million US dollars. Now, I'm pretty sure some people do not consider that last one a bug, but we're just going to move on real quick. (laughs) So we see the importance of testing a system, even though in reality with testing, we cannot always identify every single possible failure within the software, however, we can assume some hypothesis and determine. The correctness to a certain degree now before let's talk about the different types of bugs that there are right um there are quite a number of them but i'll be emphasizing five for the purpose of this episode now the first one i'd like to talk about is the security bug and the security bug happens due to how code is written so you could because of this you could your app could become vulnerable to an attacker who can easily find a loophole to gain unauthorized access or privileges to your software. When you don't, for example, properly sanitize user inputs, an attacker can impute malicious scripts into your application and gain access into the database. Another type of bug is the functional bug, and this is really, you know, it has to do with the functionality of the application so for example if you search for an item and the app crashes or you're clicking on the login button and it does not log the user in or you try to add your shoes to cart and your cart does not get updated you know these are all functionality bugs because it's expected that the app should do this at face value. Now, the third type of bug is the performance bug, and this mostly has to do with um, speed, stability, the response time of your software or application. For example, a page taking ages to load or a button click that just keeps loading, possibly due to network issues, typically leads your users to being dissatisfied and more often than not abandoning your site. I spoke a bit about this on the episode titled why is my website slow so if you want to know a bit more you could just take a look at that now the fourth bug is error handling and this is quite common in quite a number of apps that new developers most especially create. So for every piece of code written, there needs to be a way to communicate to the user. When there's an error, for instance, if they visited an invalid page, you should see a 404 not found page. If they entered a five character password instead of a 24 character password, I I really don't know who is going to insist on having a 24 character password, but let's assume it happens. They should see a validation error message. In essence, if the app is you know not handling or not properly handling errors then that's a defect and finally the fifth kind of bug i'm going to talk about is regression and i put this as the last one because it's one of the most frustrating bugs in the history of bugs the reason is because sometimes it's quite tricky figuring out why these bugs happen you know especially if you work in a large team permit me to use a real life scenario to explain the regression bug so imagine the ac in your car gets bad and you take it to the Mechanic to get the AC fixed. Mechanic does this and you're happy, you start to drive home, but halfway into your trip, you decide to turn on some music in the car and alas, it doesn't work. The radio doesn't work and you are quite sure that it was working well before. So regression errors happen when a feature that worked before just stops working due to certain events, such as a system or dependency upgrade or new functionality added to the code base or even a time zone change as a result of daylight savings. So these are these are common bugs found in a typical application to take note of. So how do we handle them and ensure that they do not degrade the quality of the software? We test our code, right? To catch them young as much as we can. And this brings us to the different levels of testing. But before I talk about those, I would like to talk about what you want to look out for when testing. First and most importantly, even before thinking about edge cases, of course, you're checking functionality. Does the program do what it was required to do? When I click on the submit button, does it submit information or do nothing, so we're checking if the requirements are met. We're also checking for performance. Does the software written perform within a reasonable period of time? If it doesn't, it might be worth looking into things like expensive database queries or optimizing time-consuming algorithms. When testing, you also want to make sure that your solution is scalable, meaning it is optimized for a large set of data or requests. Also you're looking out for the usability of the product, how users can easily interact with your software. Now let's discuss the levels of testing. The first one is unit testing, and a a unit is simply the smallest testable component of your application. So unit testing is really the most basic type of testing, and it involves you isolating each part of your code and testing components to determine if it behaves uh, as it should. With this, you get to see a more granular view of your application, and it's usually written as developers work on the code base. typical example of unit testing will be checking that a user enters the correct email format in the input field. The second level of testing we have is the integration testing. This has to do with testing how a component or module works well when combined with another component or module. So it could be verifying, for example, correct data flow from one component to the other, or that database is successfully queried from a module. The main goal of this is not not a test, the modules or components themselves, but the connection or interface between them. Thirdly, we have the system testing and here the application is tested as a whole. So basically the whole system is tested as one single piece to ensure that it meets specification and confirm that it meets quality standards as well. This test is typically carried out in an environment that mirrors the production environment. So this gives you a peek of how it would perform when It is released. The final level is the acceptance testing, and here the product is determined fit for release or not. It is usually performed by the QA team. They would have a set of pre written scenarios and test cases to test the application. A common term, UAT, also known as user acceptance testing, is also done at this stage by actual users to check for functionality and validate that all the requirements are met. So now there's an interesting question that comes up often and it's like i mean if software developers have to write test cases why then do we require software testers like why do we need a qa team for example or why not just have testers do the whole testing bit and devs write the code, right? And here's what I think. Um, this is just my opinion. My personal opinion does not represent any company I work for or I've worked for in the past. It's okay for you not to agree. I think that when developers test their code, not only does it help identify areas in the code to refactor, it is also useful to filter out errors from writing the software before it goes out for additional testing and so by doing this you prevent a bottleneck so you prevent a situation where the QA team finds a really tiny error they take it back to the development team development team fixes it because they really didn't test the code in the first place and then they take it back to the QA and that whole loop keeps going on and on so this helps to prevent that. However, I still think that the perspective of a developer in building software is quite significantly different from a tester while a dev is primarily looking to implement a technical solution, build a feature, fix a bug or optimize the performance in the software. The tester is literally looking out for bugs, like they live and breathe bugs, right? (laughs) They are not really looking for what works, but what doesn't. So they are out for blood. Okay. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit here. They might not sleep till they find bugs. So I believe that there's still a huge need for this level of scrutiny in building any functional product. And this, that is it on today's episode. We've discussed what testing is, some of the worst situations that occurred in the past as a result of software bugs, what to look out for when testing, different types of bugs, and the main levels of testing. I hope that you have a more critical approach to your code by testing it to avoid problems in the future. Till I come your way next week, peace. Head on over to rewirewithsusan.com to catch up on all episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to your podcast player and drop a review if you like this show.